podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, lovely lockdown and listener to the Anfield Indiats podcast, which is brought to you in partnership with LibertyShield.com, the perfect VPN companion for all your football viewing, where you can get 25% off everything using the coupon code AIVPN. It is episode 266 or something, and I am Trev Danny. I'm podcasting to you from my increasingly manicured agricultural field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm joined by Carl Kopak, by Cam Branch, and producer Guy Drinkle. Um, it's a weird time, so we'll start with a laugh. It's Trent Guy. Yeah, yeah, hi Carl, yeah, I'm having a cerveza. Yeah, look at you, boy, you look well dreary. <laughs> Listen, I just finished um, a virtual toe, two toe, yeah, with Joe Wicks, the fitness chimp. Yeah, 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 so I call this my isolation perspiration station. Yeah, I know. Tremendous stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just a great man, isn't he, Bob? He's just a great human being. He's just a great human being. If you haven't, I, I, panel shows aren't for everybody, and honestly, they're not really for me. But the one that he features on, called "Would I Lie to You" with David Mitchell, um, is some of the best television you'll ever see because it's just Bob telling stories, and he yeah. does it better than most humans do it and the whole idea of that show is that people are supposed to try and work out whether uh he's telling the truth or a lie and if you haven't seen it (laughs) he's telling the truth he's always telling the truth it doesn't matter how bizarre it gets bob's telling the truth it's it's just great i couldn't recommend it highly enough there's a compilation on on youtube which is well worth checking out the one where he, he, he can crush an apple with his hands Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. He can pull it apart. He can pull an apple apart with his hands, which yeah. you think might be impossible. No, <laughs> he does it. Or even the one where the lad comes out and he says, "Yeah, I first. He's around the same age. He says, I first met him because I cut his hair at the World Cup in 1982 or whatever.' Yeah. And there's a whole extended sequence about a, a trench that they built as a latrine and the keys falling into it and stuff. And it it just seems so outlandish, but always. Have worth- you seen the Kevin Bridges one where he hires the donkey in Bulgaria? I haven't. I oh man, it's just—it's from just that show. On, it, yeah, it just goes on a bit too long. I'll, I'll find the clip for you. But it's one of those things. It gets funnier the more it goes on, because you know, because he's quite deadpan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So basically, him and his mates just tried to hire a donkey for now and then. They ended up buying it for ninety quid. <laughs> oh, it's, it's unbelievable. Everyone's going, "This, this can't be true." It's going, "Well, that's no, true." I will check that out. That sounds interesting. And that is uh, Carl Kalbeck. You can hear it there in the background. You could hear Cam having a laugh as well. Um, Carl, any opening thoughts for us this week? I have, actually. Um, I've done a little bit of preparation. It's, a, it's an entire sentence. Wow. Uh, and it's this. The Prime Minister has an absolute genius of putting flamboyant labels on empty luggage. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. And where does that come from? Who's the author of that? That is Nye Bevan talking about Harold Macmillan. And the reason I've called to that is, obviously, we're recording this on Thursday night, so we've just had the uh, NHS round of applause here, which is always worthwhile. There's <laughs> lots of pants banging in my road and things like that. And it made me think of Nye Bevan, of course, created the, uh, uh, the National Health Service. And uh, obviously, he's got lots of quotes about how much he, how much he considers the Conservative Party to be vermin. Uh, but I thought that would be a, a, a nice quote. I like that one. Yeah, there's a certain resonance I think we can all agree with there, uh, irrespective of your fealty. Um, 
That's good. That starts us off on an interesting note. And we're going to take the conversation pretty much straight to general uh, uh, conversation about how things are in a minute after I talk to Cam. So let's just do that first. Cam, you said you have nothing necessarily to conclude with, but you do have an opening thought. I do. I do. Um, here we go. People miss happiness by chasing after false values and repressing the feelings that make life valuable and beautiful. When you get up in the morning feeling fine, you're experienced during those just those few minutes or hours when you are re- reacting happily to life is an end in itself. You're back in form today, aren't you? You're back in form today. I thought, I thought I'd try. I thought I'd try. M- Mussolini? Yeah, Close. I was going to... Close? No. Okay. M- maybe the same age. Similar age, probably. Possibly, I don't know. Let me have a look. When was Mussolini born? It's a similar era. Um, well, this person was prevalent during, in a way, he, he did one of the finest speeches ever, I think, I've seen, um, about war. Huh. Mm. Oh, he's, uh, He's uh, about six years. He was he was born six years before Mussolini. No, after Mussolini. 1890s. Mussolini was born. Mussolini was born 29th of July 1883. This particular individual was born today in 1889. Go on then, tell us. Charlie Chaplin. Oh, oh. Of I've seen that speech too. Very good. Very good. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice sentiment, man. It's, I, I don't know if many people are, are going to be capable of grabbing with both hands. That's kind of where I wanted to go with this is like, how are the heads basically? Um, I'm, I'll just be honest. I'm generally quite good these days, but I am in complete denial most of the time. Um, and when I allow myself to think about the potential reality of what this might be, given the fact that I've got way too much knowledge about the kind of fuckery that's going on in the background, I, I, it's not good. It's it's very easy to go off the rails. Uh, so, uh, yeah, keeping busy is what I'm doing to uh, stop myself from thinking about impending uh, awfulness. Uh, is, is, it, is it a similar situation for yourself, Carl, or have you got a different ta- technique? It's changed for me. Um, I uh, will be furloughed as of Monday uh, from my job. I'm very, very lucky, though. I mean, I, it's this is the first job I, I've... Oh, no, I can't say that, can I? Because people listen. Um, I, I, I genuinely like the people I work with, and uh, they've always had my back when things like this happen. Um, so I'll be furloughed on full pay. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I've got the prospect... But the prospect I've got now is... Uh, Literally, I live on my own uh, and uh, I work on my own normally, so I've got six weeks literally in a cell. But I'm, I'm very, very lucky because I can do that, to be honest. I know it's not for everyone, but um, I sort of quite like being on my own. As I said last week, the best part of going to a party for me is, is, the, is the coming home from it, not the going to it. Um, so I've been very, very lucky. Um, and I'm just going to try and read as much as I can and, you know, use this time as wisely as I can and try and learn a few things and get a few articles done that I need to do, not just football ones, but obviously I'm, um, I organized a, I'm part one of the organizers for a conference in October. If that's going to go ahead, it looks like it will. Um, so I need to write things for that as well. So I'm going to use it sort of, it's always Sunday for me now for the next six weeks. Well, that's a really healthy way of looking at it, but I just, just help me marry up something here. Cause most people, um, we're recording this on Thursday, the 16th of April, um, we're at quarter to nine now as we speak, and the announcement went out from your man Rab earlier on about another three weeks to bring us up to the 15th of May with you guys there in terms of lockdown and inverted commas, and that's a minimum period that they're talking about. How do you? How does that mar- marry up with you finding out that it's going to be six weeks of furlough for you? Talk to me about how what your understanding of that is. Because that's when the, the furlough scheme officially ends in the UK. Um, that's not to say that won't be extended. And of course, it will be extended because I can't see this lasting just six more weeks. Because um, they're talking about is, is this the peak? They don't think it is yet. Um, so they're basically. I mean, I'm going to be fellow for six weeks minimum, but um, there's every chance it could go on. I think what they're probably going to do is basically um, uh, just to give a, a, a slight plug for a second on this uh, on my podcast, my Sherlock podcast this week. I interviewed my mate Eddie. 
who's a, prim- a director of primary care, and he said the problem he's got for the NHS is there's no return strategy as yet. And he said that's the thing that's worrying. And he said, you know, what do they do? Do they let small businesses come back bit by bit, you know, like a piecemeal organisation, and then everyone comes back? Because like he said, I, I can't see the doors just open and going, yeah, we're all fine now, and everyone's going out at the same time. Mm. So that's mm. why I think, like, you know, this is six weeks minimum um, because I think it's going to be six weeks, maybe nine weeks, and I think then there's going to be the gradual return to work for everyone. Yeah, and I mean, um, you, you, you're speaking about your situation there, and, yeah, it's going to be quite um, quite testing I'm, I'm, in some I'm, ways. I'm, I'm so lucky. I've got no reason to complain at all. I've been treated very well. Absolutely, and and I suppose I feel very much the same in terms of I've still been able to do my job, and it looks like I'll be able to finish out my job. And there's talk about um, doing exams and continuing tuition and all that kind of thing. It's a it's a it's a bigger ballpark scheme here in Ireland for what they're talking about with education. Uh, I spoke to you guys before the mics went live about my fears about um, my job in the long term, uh, depending on how big this change is, but. It's fair to say, Cam, that a lot of people are are not as lucky as Carl and I have been in this situation, and are just basically have come to a halt in terms of the ability to earn, and that's a whole different level of grim and um, wow. uh, uh, awkwardness and difficulty for her, for people to, to to cope with. Yeah, um, I was listening to uh, a radio show yesterday morning. And um, it was a call-in show, and uh, a guy phoned up, and he just broke down because he was so worried about the financial implications of, of what was going on. And, you know, he was like, I've got no money coming in I, um, because he was on, like, a zero-hours contract, so he, he doesn't qualify for furlough or whatever, or, you know, and he was he was it. It was distraught, and you know the presenter was just trying to calm his fears, soothe his, soothe those fears as well, and just say, "Look, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna lose financially. They're gonna lose out. The government will somehow find a way. They have to find a way of making sure everybody is looked after. So you've got to hope that you know our respective governments here do." actually stand by the people ultimately and find a way to look after everyone to ensure that nobody gets to a stage where they feel they've got nothing left. And, you know, I saw something in the the Discord chat group a couple of days ago. um, Somebody, uh, I think it was Lubo, um, and, you know, one of its relatives got really, really, you know, got into a really bad state and, you know, then things didn't work out good for him. And, um, you know, it, it can mess up the mind, you know, what we're going through. Um, it can become a dark place, but you've got to try and, as easy as it is to say, you've got to try and find a way to get out of that dark place. Yeah, I mean, there are upsides and we'll definitely start focusing on brighter stuff in a minute in case you're wondering if it's going to be a gloom fest. It's not, but you make an interesting point and it's something I was speaking about today and I feel really kind of disingenuous if I didn't say it again, you know, because you're talking about hoping the government find a way and over here, this neck of the woods, we've got uh, Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil talking about um, a coalition, which is unheard of. It's like, you know, um, all the way back to the Civil War and uh, the divisions that have been inherent in this country since then. Um, so, meanwhile, there the RTDs are the equivalent of your MPs are asking for uh, allowances uh, to for you know effectively expenses for working from home. Um, we saw some of your luminaries. Um, skirting around the idea of pay cuts when uh, the idea of what was happening with uh, the crowd in New Zealand was brought up by way of uh, a comparison. Um, And I just want to say this to folks, no matter how bad your head is, please do not get yourself into a situation where you're waiting for daddy government to help you. Like keep your head in a swivel. That's all I'm saying. Just keep your head on a swivel, watch what's going on um, and do, you know, what Cam's saying, try to keep positive, but also Follow the angles up yourself, because if people are waiting for the big rescuing hand, it's not coming. Like I genuinely, 
have no faith in government. I don't think anyone should. I mean, it's important for us to think that the best can happen and there are enough good people trying to do good things, but you can't have blind faith in it. You just can't. Um, because that way madness lies. Cause then what happens? You get disappointed and mm. <laughs> I mean, look, look at the track record. True. <laughs> you know, that's it. That's all, that's all I'd say about that. But look, it's, it's, uh, it's I mean, just on a personal note, I've actually found this in a way quite therapeutic. As bizarre as that may seem, I've, I've, I've taken my mind away from the financial aspects of it because as I was saying to you guys earlier, uh, before we came on, on air that, um, I've applied for a couple of schemes that I don't actually qualify for just mm-hmm. in the hope something might happen and they may say, yeah, here you go. We'll, we'll help you out. And, you know, uh, we'll you, we can readdress it later on. You know, at the end of the day, there's, there is help out there. You've got to, try and get what help you can if it's available. But like I say, for me, what I've done is I've actually got now more structure and routine in my day than I've ever had since I've started uh, doing my chauffeuring business because chauffeuring life is sometimes it's 2 o'clock in the morning, sometimes it's 6 o'clock in the evening when you go out to work. So the hours are all over the place. Now I go to bed at 10 o'clock religiously. I get up at 8, 9 o'clock whenever I like to wake up, go downstairs, and then, you know, my day starts. I've, you know, I've, I've started a hobby. Uh, um, I've, I've, I do, I've started, I do more cardio exercise than I've ever done before in my life. And, um, you know, there is a structure. And if you can find yourself a structure and a routine and you can find a good place, like, like Carl was saying, he's going to read as much as he can now. You have to find something to do to, to keep the mind sane. 100%. Insanity is easy insanity 100%. is the easiest place you can go to it's the it's the easiest place because the only the main emotion that's floating around at the moment is fear mm. you know um with the majority of people and it's so bloody understandable i have a bit of it myself you could hear it in what i was saying earlier on but i do try to keep it tamped down like you i'm doing religious exercise i'm outside as much as i can i'm very very fortunate i can be outside but everyone can be outside a bit in some way shape or form and again that thing of your immune system is at its lowest when you're inside eating shit food and worrying. So I think you're dead right, man. That's the way to, to, to do it and to lean into it. Carl, are you still running, by the way? Yeah, I went for a run today. I'm still, I'm not getting any further with it, to be honest. I, I was thinking this earlier. Um, there's a mate of mine who's gone from sort of doing the odd four mile run and she, she did 11 the other day and I'm still stuck at two and three. Uh, I'm, I'm not the right body shape to be a runner, but what I have been doing is daily planks, you know, those, um, uh, you do a 30 day program where you, you do an extra nine seconds a day until you build up, build up to a decent thing. Mm. So, I, I, so I did day 22 today of that. Um, and this was the first, yesterday was the first time I've ever shouted at a carpet. Never done that before. <laughs> Absolute first. Honestly, you know, just, you just shout, you know, you're so tired and, and pain, you're just shouting at nothing. That's exactly what I was doing yesterday. So you today told, was, you told today, me about this before. I must try it. Today was three minutes 27. Oof. Wow. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm massively proud of that. I really am. But I'm also petrified about tomorrow because I know tomorrow's going to be 3, 3.38. <laughs> and I've got eight days to go, so I am going to have to go over four minutes at some point. But I'm doing it, and it, it really is a mental issue rather than a physical one most of the time. Because yeah. I'm, I'm just bloody-minded. Whereas I went for a run today, and um, the excuses you find not to run or, or to stop are just incredible. I will find any reason to stop. Well, yeah. I, just like, I know that hill's coming. Oh, I can't do that hill. Why don't I just walk up this hill and come down the other side? I never give myself the chance to do it. But when you're doing a plank and you're, you're two minutes in, if you stop, you've got to do that two minutes again. Mm. And then you just think, well, no, I'm just going to stick at this then and just, you know, the 90 seconds of hell, as John Barnes famously said in that advert. And then, um, and then yeah, it's bloody minded to get you through. So, And there's a woman I work with who's a, a, you know, a trained personal trainer, and she said, to be honest, if, if my clients were doing three and a half minute planks, no, I'd be very, very proud of them. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing it from ability. <laughs> I'm doing mm-hmm. it from sheer bloody minded fear that I might have to do it again at some point. Yeah, so, I like it. I I'm like going to keep doing that. I think. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. I like, like I say, the I've tried this um, whole gardening thing. I've been doing serious physical work, and now I'm minding the things like 
their little children, de-stoning them daily, spending hours with my hands in the dirt. And it's very therapeutic, but also if it wasn't... Have you had any leafing yet? Leafing? What's that, yeah. man? Well, you know, where, where, where things are starting to come through the soil. Oh, not yet, because I, I planted it's potatoes. Been, it's only been a week, I know, but I'll be out there now looking at it. Oh, I, 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 it's the first thing I do in the morning is go down and stare at the water <laughs> and look at... <laughs> It's it's quite a big area and I've walled it off and everything. It's it's like it's it's bizarre looking. I'll be I've honest with you. It, yeah. It's like the bottom bottom layer of a, of a, of an igloo, except it's a fucking massive igloo. Like it's six meters by six meters, you know. So it's it like a morbid graveyard. Well, that's just where your brain goes, Brainty. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't be responsible for the sort of morbidity that goes around your head, you know. <laughs> I, I, I had a, I had a question for you both, actually. So before you do that, can I, can I remind you of an old um, not nine o'clock news joke about this, which I really like. Cool. It's, it's, it's on one of the uh, the uh, albums. They released an album right nineteen eighty two, and it's just uh, Rowan Atkinson just shouting at nothing, going, "Oh, why don't you grow up, you bastards?" What's the problem? Well, just talk, just talking to the plants again. <laughs> That's how I picture you walking around with your little beanie hat on, roaring at roaring at soil. I do roar at soil. I listen, whatever keeps you saying, you roar at carpets. We've got to find something for brains. Yes, indeed. You know? Yeah, Cam's gone by the brain again, though, isn't he? He's at peace when uh, you put us all to shame, Cam. You're at peace when things are going wrong. Yeah, it's, it's inspirational, man. I won't. I won't lie to you. It's nice to hear you calm and talking so, um, so calmly about it and, and routine and ritual and all that. I think it's really good. I think it's a, it's a brilliant example for everybody. Hopefully, everybody people have gotten a bit from all our different re- regimes and routines. The fact that we're sane enough to be sitting here and wanting to do a show together, which is aimless chit chat, you know, fair play. And like I said, the question I wanted to lead out of the general chat into was. Uh, lockdown supplies. If you had, what well, this is something came in from someone a while ago. What would be your essential, non-essential supplies in isolation? Like the the the, the thing you must have that you don't really need. Um, so Carl said earlier on he's going to do a bit of reading. I think for me it would probably be either my laptop and books. If I if I felt I feel if I didn't have them, I'd probably panic. Uh, what about you, Cam? What is it for you that you, 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 you don't need it to live, but if you didn't have it, it'd be a bit tougher, to say the least. Data. Data? As in, <laughs> as in, as in Wi-Fi or mobile data. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That, that right now is just the cornerstone of everything because it you can do all these physical activities but for me, my my therapy comes from getting Netflix on and yeah. just watching something. I mean, I don't know what to watch. I've sort of run out of things to watch on there because I seem to have watched everything. And you I can't to. remember anything about anything I've watched. So You, you haven't watched you those, Ark. I've, I've watched those, Ark Season 3, and I've said it is one of the best seasons of TV ever. But ask me anything about it, and I can't remember a thing. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm like that with loads of um, Netflix series. We just think, yeah, I saw that. That's in my. I've seen that list. Yeah, I can't even remember the actors. Isn't that? Isn't that interesting though? Doesn't that tell you a lot about the way that you're actually consuming that media? It is. Yeah. It is what 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 Cam's saying. It's just zoning out. That mm. makes that makes me a little bit nervous, but at the same time, I can see the value of it. Absolutely, see the value of it. You know. Um, so data for you. What about you, Carl? What what would be the essential, non-essential lockdown supply for yourself? It's it's, it's petrifying, Trev. It's absolutely petrifying. Guitar strings. Ah, yeah. Because yeah, if, yeah. if one goes, you can't fix a guitar string, and no, no. one's going to sell you a guitar string. That is. Like, I mean, I, I think they should be open. I think they're key workers in music shops. I really do. But um, can you I, not I get think, one off Amazon? I could do, but what do I do in the time between the strings arriving? I know what you're thinking. Why don't I just book both them in advance? But I mean to do that every day, and I've not done it yet in the last three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's weird. And bearing in mind, I've got three guitars here and a violin. Also, bearing in mind that I read today that Jeff Bezos' personal fortune increased by 24 billion or something like that since this bullshit started, and uh, their workers are the worst paid and have the worst conditions in the world at the moment. It 
galls me to use that service. I have to say. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I've got I've got books out with them as well, and I, I don't like it, but it's just convenient. It's one of those sad things. That's it. I, 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 yeah, they've got me. So, you know, I, I also it. like the fact that he tried to get an appeal to pay his wages to pay his staff's wages. Yeah, that's that, that's literally frightening. It's it's just it's it's pretty pathetic. But you know, anyway, that's dangerous. That's dangerous territory. Might get us uh, get given out again. The last thing we want is to get Brainy upset because he's so calm tonight. <laughs> but, but, but that that said, though, we're not going to lose any advertisers, are we? We're not. We're not. Now I have to say as well, I haven't got any. <laughs> we we did talk uh, about what we might discuss in the show, and um, in between Carl sharing at the television, we discovered that we don't really have a lot that we want to talk about that's football related because it's this movable feast thing. I don't. I mean, maybe people would like to hear stuff about that, but there's loads of earnest podcasts with lads taking the latest events and pulling them apart as if it's not all going to change in a week's time anyway. Uh, and I feel like it's a little bit fruitless and pointless. And I also find it massively frustrating. I'm at that stage now with football where just get it back whenever it's safe to get it back and I'll think about it then. Right now, I've, I almost resent Cam having to spend time thinking about it because I can't have it. It's very childish, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I keep getting asked, um, well, they're going to null and void the season because it's obviously rival fans, you know, within the family who you're talking <laughs> Gra- to. Graham Sharp. Yeah. Graham bloody <laughs> Sharp, for God's sake. He's, he's always the first person you go to for these things. <laughs> Frick. <laughs> so, uh, and I say, well, you know, they won't null and void the season. So why are you trying to have that conversation with me? Are you worried about West Ham getting relegated? Is that what it is? Or are you worried about Man United not qualifying for the Champions League? Is that what it is? And losing all your sponsorship money. So let's not have this conversation. There's no conversation to have right now. Oh, so you'd take the title if it was given like it is. And I'd like, yeah, I would. Yeah, of course I would. Why wouldn't I? So, you know, it's you're asking stupid questions to a situation where you don't know what's going to happen yet. So just bog off and, <laughs> you know, don't worry about it because at the end of the day, it will happen. <laughs> what will happen will happen. So um, that, that's, that's been the way I've been uh, approaching anything football related. I mean, I saw this a uh, little bit about the leak kit. Um, I don't know if you saw that. Oh yeah. Look, that's what, that's worth a couple of minutes. What's your take? Yeah. Um, I don't like the way they've done the badge. It looks like it, uh, as I put it in the Discord group earlier, it looks like it's a, an air freshener stuck it, onto. Exactly. Yeah. Why, is, why isn't it embroidered? It looks ridiculous. It, it looks ridiculous. And then I'm not a fan of the colour because I'm so, I so love the colour from two seasons ago or last season, not this season, but the last season. You know, that, that, that red that we had last season or the season before, sorry, was amazing. That, why can't they just keep doing it in that red? Why mess around with the red? You've got a red that works. And and, the, and I thought the idea of Nike now coming on board, Nike have never been brilliant at some of the kits they've done. They seem to do generic kits for every football club. But come on, you, you've, you've got the biggest team in the world right now. Come on, do something amazing, special. And the only way that kit is going to become amazing and special now and hit all the figures that we want them to hit from, because obviously the way the deal is structured, is if it's got Mbappe written on the back. Yeah. You see, here's the other thing, right? Um, Carl made a throwaway comment before the mics went live about how, you know, sad that we're not going to have football properly for, you know, I think he said a couple of years or something. And obviously, <laughs> tongue, tongue was in cheek, but also not, because it it is that much up in the air uh that you know i think everybody really including myself went for this idea of yeah it could be like the world cup and we could have lockdown camps and you know the guys could play and be in isolation and just be around each other that's not realistic kid people have kids they're gonna want to see their families that's not gonna happen not for six weeks and if it does that's the only way it could happen is if it was isolation camps, right? Where you, this, this, the squad only and they go off to work for six weeks and, and live as a group. Uh, Haven't you just described escape to victory? This is exactly what I've just described. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what I've just described. 
And 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 you know you know what happens at the end of that, right? So yeah. like, you know, it, it, there's a mass flooding out onto the streets of Paris. So that's not going to work for social distancing. I don't understand. Uh, I, I so the only way that it can work is if it is that strict lockdown thing. It, there cannot be any fucking around with weekends off or going home to see families or families in the thing as well. I don't think so anyway. Um, because and nobody wanted to engage with that. And you watch Sky Sports now, and um, it's a load of people with with earbuds in, sitting in front of their shelves at home, uh, wonky camera, uh, dodgy Skype line like the one we're on now. In terms of it being a bit crackly, and they're all talking nonsense about something that's not real. Nobody knows what's going on. So I feel a bit like Cam. Like, what's what's the point? Wait till you know something before we start talking. Now I understand people want to fill their heads with uh, distraction. But if you can't even base on any facts, Carl, it's a really sort of a pointless thing. And I don't, I, I don't think you're quite as, as, uh, as uh, you know, uh, negative in terms of the hope uh, as, 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 as I was portraying in that comment. But, well, maybe you are, I don't know. But it, <laughs> it, 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 it's, so, it's so up in the air. It seems pointless. Like, as you said earlier on, just... Give us the league and let it go, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's one of those things. I mean, uh, there's that. I, I don't I mean I'm no expert on this, but isn't there some sort of addiction thing where you say, um, um, take away the worry about things I cannot possibly control, and that that's where I've gone. I, I've gone from missing football to really missing football to basically watching old games to I'm sort of okay now. Is missing football because it, I think that's also because it, because the weather's getting better as well and that yeah you're in summer mode yeah. but it's, it's it's also the end of the season so I'm sort of my, my body clock's already telling me end of season we've got we've got to wait for preseason now and that is, it feels a bit like that as well to be honest but I'm not going to start going mad about sort of like you know, there is no point in discussing when the season comes back because there isn't this that decision will not be made by a human being. And that, it's not very often you get to say that in this world, but it's not. It's a tiny microbe decides when we all start playing football again, when it decides to die. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's no point going on about that. And um, uh, I won't comment on the kit if you don't mind, because I wrote an article about uh, about the kits for the Anfield Rap, and one bloke said to me, "Why are you writing with this when you don't even have a fashion degree?" So <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm going to come out of that argument if you want. Um, <laughs> I, I gave him some immediate feedback. Because, uh, <laughs> I just thought, Jesus Christ! Um, it looks, it looks a bit, it looks a bit Man United, Robin van Persie to me. I'll say that though. And also, I don't, I still don't like having that massive fucking logo on it. Uh, sorry, the uh, yeah, the sponsors thing on it. I know it's necessary and all that, but it's about the badge, not that thing. And that thing's fucking enormous on there. So, um, well, you've actually you've actually managed to to work in quite the detailed critique there whilst not doing that. Fair play. So that's good. Uh, yeah, I, I I I I'd be with you. I, I've I'd have I'd have some issues with it, but look, it's distracting, and that's what people need is to talk about kits. Um, green's an issue as well, but look, we'll come back to that when we when it's when it's really uh, there's green on it. Yeah, there's there's a there's green a, start an issue if you look at the the Paisley Gates or the Shankly Gates, one or the other. No, Paisley Gates, isn't it? Paisley Gates, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you look at uh, one of the batches going back, that had green on it. Oh, no, no, no. I know that. And actually, if you look at some of the, the one, one, the one or two of the kits from the 90s had bits and bobs. Yeah, green. The, the, the 92 kits got a green stripe on it. A green stripe, yeah, um, around the around the collar. And that was quite cool. But uh, it's not that. It's just, I don't know. It's just it, look, it looks odd with the red. It does look odd. It, yes. it does, and and several people in the comments immediately afterwards said, "I don't like the black. The blue is a really annoying addition." And so I, I first of all, I, they need to clean their screens or something. But it is clearly a green of some sort. So who knows? Who knows what they're trying to do? Well, well can I tell you this? Um, I've been sort of because I've had a lot of time at home. I've been going through throwing some clothes out and what have you, and I came across my. Uh, hardly worn because I started wearing it for the match, then stopped because it, it, it stopped being a lucky shirt. Uh, my 1976 V-neck kit, no sponsor's name, with a yellow liver bird on it. So I've been wearing that around the house. Trev, even I look good in it. It's a fucking beautiful shirt. It's remarkable. Oh, like, uh, it's, you know, it's, you know. it's just beautiful, honestly. 
that's the joy of, of this time where um, we've been forced into uh, a bit of nostalgia is you get to have a look and, and I'm looking at again do some interviews and you're looking at old kits and the ones that go back just pre-sponsors I mean there's nothing that can beat that it's just so pure and beautiful it's just they're, they're just fantastic now granted we'll never get back to that but no. but uh, there are things that they can do and uh, the badge is a massive one and I really hope that that's not the real kit like because what Cam says uh, it, it just looks like a transfer that you've ironed on uh, you know one of those iron on scout badges um, so I mean I don't know what to think about that but well, uh, I, I should also say do you remember um, 2008 it was the 50th anniversary of the, of the Munich Air disaster when City played at Old Trafford and everyone was saying, oh, you know, the City fans are going to, you know, completely disrupt the minute silence and all that sort of stuff. And they weren't. They were great about it. And for one game only, United just wore red and um, City just wore sky, wore sky blue with like a with like a, um, a, a sort of circular neck white bar thing. Like the old 60s kits. Yeah. It, it, was, it looked incredible. It really did. It just looked so nice. And I've been watching, as I said before, I've been watching the old match of the 70s. Clubs you don't like. Chelsea shirt in the seventies was gorgeous. Everton's was great as well. Uh, Birmingham, yeah, West Brom and things like that. And yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. Like an old fart like that, but you know, it just I went, went to it. Oh, look at that new kit! It's beautiful. I keep thinking, well, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the, uh, that's why I, you know when I when I was inclined to buy kits, you know, I always it was just. A superstition cam I would always buy the Liverpool kit I just did for years I barely ever wore them I just liked having them which is you know consumerism 101 and it's I feel dirty even saying it but but the ones that I would wear would be when friends went to South America on travels and stuff like that and I'd say okay get us a kit of x y and z you know whatever yeah. club from Argentina or Brazil or whatever yes and they are just some of the most fantastic kits. And I still have them. I keep them. I think we talked about the Argentina kit. It's one of the few ones that, that I, I would, would wear as a, a casual shirt around as well. But the best one I had actually features a sponsor. And for the life of me, I can't remember who it was because I, I left it behind me in a gym changing room. I can't remember the club for the life of me. It's killing me. But I used to have this one, which was this sort of powder blue shirt and pretty, pretty clingy. And it had across the front as a sponsor, B-I-M-B-O. Fantastic. That was one time I could embrace a sponsor, I have to say. I felt I felt I could say quite a lot. You know what I mean? B-I-M-B-O. I'm going to Google this now so, so and, see, and see yeah, if but- anything... I'd say Napoli off the top of my head. No, no, no. It was South American American for sure. Um, But Bimbo going across the front of your uh, of your shirt. It It was light blue. Oh, oh, Napoli have got Kimbo on the back of their shirt. <laughs> that must be what we got. So I got a bit excited then. I thought I found it. Oh, I found a badge set for Bimbo, Pro Stitch USA. Oh, yes, Philadelphia. Philadelphia Union. Yeah, that's that's an American kit. That's 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 yeah. that's the that's in the state. Well, I don't that's know. a challenge. That's fine. This. Um, yeah, I don't know who it was. I don't know who it was, but it was definitely it's... E for Edward. I am no B. That's the whole. Oh, it was B. It was B. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Bim. that's that's why it's funny, Cam. <laughs> oh, I thought it said E, and I'm like, oh, that confused me. I thought, well, I've lost a joke here. Uh, well. <laughs> Shirt, bimbo football shirt. Here we go. You're, you're gonna get what I just got, which is basically uh, uh, Philadelphia Union, Monterey have bimbo as well. Yeah, I, I don't know who it is, but any, anyway, it's a good. But the Peru kit from one of the um, one of the World Cups was brilliant. Guy would uh, guy was always going on about it. Which year oh, may, may I, I'm also going the seventy eight Peru kit with the yeah. sash, the, the sash thing across. Yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely that was gorgeous. It was Club America. That's who it was. Club America. That's oh, it. Right. I think they're Mexican, actually. Now that I think. Oh, I've got it here. It's got a yellow sleeve. Yeah, yeah, I've got that. It might do now. It might do now. But uh, it's yeah, great radio, everyone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, you're the one. 
You're the ones who decided to go and look up stuff live. I, I have got some very specific things that I want to get to before we go, because uh, we talked about something. And look, we've been doing a little bit of reminiscing. And um, one of the things we said we'd talk about, um, it was a question that came up in the chat about what TV program would you bring back from the 70s? And then Carl suggested that. Now, I'm going to tweak this slightly, because I did say I wanted you to think about shows from all the decades since. So I just want to get a show from each of the decades that you would either bring back or you would just nominate as the show of the decade. And can I just say, this gets impossible when you get to the 2000s. Because television television suddenly became wonderful, uniformly wonderful, like in, in terms of the amount of fantastic stuff that was on the box from that era on, you know, it was only, it was only really then television came into its own. But before that, I'm really interested. So we said we'd start with the seventies, us being the age we are trying not to uh, alienate too much of our listeners, but let's just see what you come up with. So in terms of shows of the seventies, um, your favorite or the one you bring back. Now I know Carl, you're like me, you're a massive uh, porridge fan, but maybe we'll take it even further afield out, out a little bit into the American sphere and stuff like that. Any big 70s show that you felt was worthy of a mention? Because I know I have one for sure. Superstars. Oh, that was a belter. Yeah. Was... I, honestly, I honestly think it's one of the greatest TV programs ever made. Tell people what Superstars was for those who don't so, know. Superstars, I mean, this, this, what's nuts about it now, they brought it back in the 90s with Johnny Vaughan. Um, where they would get retired sports people to compete in what six six I think it was six events, wasn't it? Three on each day across a two day period. And if if obviously we're Liverpool fans, you might see the footage of Kevin Keegan um, on a bike ride. He got knocked off and really really messed his leg up. Um, you know, gravel deeply ingrained and big massive gash down his leg and everything. But in the seventies, he was playing for Liverpool while he was doing that. Everyone is against him. They were like they were rugby internationals who were playing on the Saturday, and they took it really seriously. And it was just incredible. David Vine was the commentator. Do you remember that? Yeah, with this slightly slightly tart voice. Um, and uh, the famous thing was obviously Brian Jackson, the judo um, bloke, um, was was best in the gym doing his squat thrusts and uh, and his uh, his tricep dips on on the bars and things like that. And it was just you got you got into it. You picked somebody. Even from so I, I, I've never heard of Lynn Davis before. He was a Welsh long jumper from the 1964 Tokyo Olympics. As a kid, I knew everything about him by the end of, by the, end of the Superstars yeah. because he was just dead good. And and you know you get into other sports because of that. And now we you know we've got question of sport, which is hardly the same thing with the, with the huge persiflage nonsense they go through every week, which isn't really funny. But Superstars was just the bollocks. It was just a fantastic TV program. Yeah, the and, top, it, and, and it wouldn't happen now because of insurance and rightly so, obviously. But the 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 top bands and some of those quiz shows are uh, hard to stomach at the best of times. Yeah. I do recall the whole um, Botham versus Bill Beaumont era of of uh, question sport, which yeah. I never I never missed one of, despite the fact that they would regularly get on their little uh, very very English uh, tip and make really bad racist Irish jokes, but enough of that. I'll leave that to one side. Um, I could be a hipster and say that my 70s show that I want to, to, to mention was MASH. But I'll be honest, I didn't watch it when I was a kid much. I only became aware of it in the later years being wonderful and still haven't watched much of it. I could be cheesy and say something that I did watch every week, like, uh, I don't know, something like The Waltons. But for me, it's an absolute dead heat between the Rockford Files and the Six Million Dollar Man nah. because they, they were my two favorite shows as a kid. Now, again, I, I, Six Million Dollar Man started in 1973, yep. which is mental. And yep. it, it was still being shown in the 80s in Ireland on TV. So that's kind of I, – I, I watch most of these shows, you know, very, very, very late 70s and mostly in the 80s. But there were 70s shows. So I would say for me, the Rockford Files, which I, I, for some strange reason, loved as a very little child and probably shouldn't have been watching, and Six Billion Dollar Man. Cam, what about you? Starsky and Hutch. No, it's a belter. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that one. 
Yeah, um, that was just brilliant. Used to watch it religiously, and it was all about Huggy Bear for me. And the captain, I can't remember the captain's Dobie. name. Dobie, that's Dobie. it. Yeah, the huge guy. And, and what, uh, what was really good about Starsky, not sorry, Camps interrupt, is, is the fact that it was a genuine multiracial TV program. Very much so. There, there was none of that going on in the 70s in England. Oh, mind uh, your language, no. Mind your language was good. That was funny. A little bit racial. No, you look back, A little uh, bit, yeah. Yeah. Just um, <laughs> <the> touch, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it was, at the time, me and my parents used to watch it uh, religiously. Wouldn't miss a show. Yeah. Um, I also, uh, this, I mean, obviously, Porridge, I never watched at the time, but I appreciate it now for what it is. Hasn't aged at all. No. It's, it's, it's just still perfect. Ronnie Barker is probably one of the greatest comedians ever. So, um, he he's, was just... he's got a great take. Um, to, um, as, as a theft, you'll know what that means. So when, um, when someone says something slightly stupid, he doesn't like burst out laughing. He, you can see it settle onto his face. While he thinks about what's just gone on, he'll have a little frown if they said something silly, or he'll roll his eyes, something like that. It's um, it's a really, really great skill to have. He's, he was brilliant at that. Yeah, and it's funny when he does it. Whatever it is, whether it's underplayed or overplayed, yeah. it's always he make, very. He makes the line funnier just by the way he reacts. He does, he does, and I just cannot believe that we've left one on the shelf here. Well, Not... I was going to say, before you do that, um, if say, say like you know, there's not not much going on in a Downey household. The plants are being shouted at. Um, <laughs> and it's, about, it's about seven o'clock. Just get onto Twitter, tweet Tony Evans, and say, The Rockford Files was good, wasn't it? I reckon, oh, really? I reckon 4 a.m. he'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> He's obsessed by The Rockford Files. Excellent. I've, had, I've had that conversation with him many, many times. Because obviously, you know, you know, it's the same bloke who wrote The Sopranos. I do, I do. And, and, yeah, and you know, sure. my. My associations with it go go pretty deep. Like as a kid, like I say, a really small child, I because it was the seventies, everything was brown or orange. I had a pair of these brown sort of slacks, and I just called them my Rockford Files pants because that's basically the kind of <laughs> that's they they were the trousers that Jim Rockford wore. I, what the fuck? It makes no sense. But the the one we left on the shelf, lads, the one that would break your heart every fucking week when you listen to. When you, Jesus Christ, <laughs> when you listen to the outro music, what is it? Come on. And it's not the littlest hobo. The Sweeney's got a great. Uh, no, 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 no. It's not going to break your heart, though. Every week you're looking at it going, oh, man. It was really affecting. Oh, the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was. That little, that little tinkly piano. Oh, man. Absolutely. He's on his uh, own again, isn't he? He's, he's on his own. own. He's he's tumbling he's lift down the road. Yeah. Who knows when it's going to happen next? It's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. He's just, sol- just solved this, whatever the issue was. But he's still lonely. He's and still, no one will ever touch his life. He's, he's still alone, man. Uh, right, let's move it up a decade. Uh, again, Cam, we'll start with you this time. Uh, the 80s. A, um, show, a show that defined it for you. It's choice of two, really. Um, you've either got Cheers... Or you've got one of the greatest comedies ever, um, with one of the greatest actors ever, uh, who I think was brilliant in it, but obviously, he's, you know, uh, people have opinions on him. Hello. So, I know what this is. Go on, then you could say it. Can I do an impression? Go on. I want to talk to you about the level of profanity in your show. <laughs> That's Eddie Murphy's impression of him. <laughs> You're going to say Cosby's, are you? Yeah. No, I wasn't going to say. No. That. Oh, Jesus, I can't believe you're hanging in the wind there. Oh no, no, I, I may have gone down the wrong path. Were you there? Uh, I was thinking only fools and horses. Ah, okay, okay, that's a belter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everybody loves that. It's, 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 it's uh, the most universally loved of shows. That isn't it? See, that's got to be in there. That's a good shit. That is a good shit. I, I don't know what it says about me, but I went, I went American again. Carl, where would you go? I don't know, it's a tricky one in the 80s, isn't it? Cause I, I would like to say Doctor Who uh, as, a, as a Doctor Who fan myself, but it went really bad in the 80s, and I should have kept that for the 70s. Um, Minder, maybe? You see, Minder started in the 70s. I think it started 79. It did, yeah. It was late 70s, wasn't it? Yeah. When, yeah. Um, but Minder was, I was thinking of Minder for the 70s, but I think well, it was so late in the 70s. You see, but those shows, 
in the 80s and in the 70s, an awful lot of those shows, those uh, uh, British shows, to me, they lacked any sort of... Um, you, you look back in them now and you think they're good there. You used to watch them, sure, because it was fuck all on. But they lacked that little bit of sparkle and pizzazz. Like, there was the 80s was all about those supercar shows. You know, you had your Knight Rider and your... your your uh, What the hell was it? Um, Blue, Blue Thunder had a, a thing. There was a Street Hawk... Uh, there was Airwolf. There was all those shows, right? Um, so, uh, was, it, was it Hammer? The um, Stacey Keats thing. Oh, I think that was a comment. Was called. I have to look that up now. Uh, oh. By the way, the, the answer, by the way, is Brookside. But uh, only because I live around the corner from Brookside, and I've been watching the early editions again with a, with a mate of mine online. Uh, I should say, and the first few episodes of Brookside are so slow you won't believe it. Is, 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 is it grim? Is it, 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 it EastEnders levels grim? It's no, it's not grim. It's just the same thing all the time. It's oh, there's the posh family, there's the poor family, there's the posh family, there's the poor family. And, and for, at one point, the posh family has to get a lift off the poor family, and they say, "I'm surprised they haven't slashed the seats." You know, it's that sort of level of. Oh, God, okay. It's, it's really bad, but but the, but Brookside in the 80s was just great because it just went nuts. And uh, and Anna Friel was in it. What about mm. Crossroads? That was 70s, wasn't it? Oh, definitely 70s, early 70s. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go for Brookside for the 80s. I can't, I can't I can't cope with all this uh, British centric uh, picks. My two were. I did say Cheers, remember? You did, you did, yeah. you did. To be fair, my two, which was great, Miami yes. Vice, and oh, come on, Danny, forget that. <laughs> That's so tacky. It's it was fucking wonderful. It was Michael yeah. Mann. It looked amazing. It taught me all about coloured chinos. And uh, oh yeah, we know your game with Chinos, don't we? The the the, the, the correct style. Um, and so, uh, yeah, look, I'm just going. The correct the correct style is not the word, I'm afraid. The correct style, or or the other one that I was obsessed with in the eighties. I think it ran from eighty two or three till about eighty seven. So when I was sort of nine to thirteen, the eighteen. Every evening, the A-Team was on. I would sit down and watch the A-Team. It was usually the nope. weekend. I associated with chips. You're too old at that stage, man. You Clash with Doctor Who. You would have just thought it was shit, probably. Clash with but, Doctor Who. Uh, I should also say the young ones as well. Massive, <laughs> massive um, effect on me, the young ones. It, it, it did with me as well, but it was long afterwards. I was in my and, it had, and, and it's not aged well. It really no, has not aged no, well. Right, we're going to the nineties really quick. Let's do this. We've got about X amount of time left, not that long. Ninety shows. Please don't say friends or we will have to disown you. Uh but Cam's gotta say friends, isn't he? <laughs> I'm just gonna post something for you. <laughs> just gonna post something. There you go. So you can see this. So if this is coupling, I'll be very, very annoyed. 1990s. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I really struggled with the 90s to see what was there. Why? No, I know nothing really grabbed me. You know, well, when I look back and was looking at shows that started in the 90s, see, nothing I, really grabbed me. I had you down as an Ali, Ali McBeal man. No, no, I, I, I was, but I wouldn't have said it was the greatest show of the 90s. Clearly not. Clearly not. Ali Law. There are a lot of shouts here. I can't, I'm, I'm finding it hard to believe that you were you were you were restricted only to to Cheers. Um, I mean, Cheers no, was the eighties. Or not? Sorry, it's not Cheers. Uh, too, too. What did you say there? Um, friends. Friends. I, I mean, again, you don't have to go full Buffy the Vampire Slayer to 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 embrace Didn't the night. Like for, like for me, it's two. For me, it's two. It's. Twin Peaks, no. and then either or the X Files or Seinfeld, and they seem like un- unusual bedfellows. But I couldn't decide between. I, actually, X Files is a really good show. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. So, so the X Files, um, Twin Peaks, and what's the other Dude, one? Twin Peaks have a really bad so, ending, just a really shit ending though. No, nah, it, 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 no, it's just confusing. It's, it's confusing. It, 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 it was yeah. quite. That's what I mean. Well, if it's confusing, it's shit. No, it's David Lynch. It's just, it's a whole different thing. You're not going to get your standard narrative off him. But it was one, it was massively engaging. Like, it really was. You know, I I was obsessed with it. But, uh, Carl, where are you going with this? Have you got anything different from those? Yeah, I got three, all comedies. Uh, because just, again, just because influence on me. Big Train. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, which I absolutely love. Yeah, it was the 90s. Yeah, the 90s. It's okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Early okay. 90s. Um, and Graylin and again, Father Ted. Um, oh, ju- just because uh, Father Ted was just one of the things my dad got straight away. He didn't really like that sort of thing. He's a straight walking with man, walking with wise man all the time, but he loved Father Ted to death. Uh, and, um, and the other one was The Flash Show. Just because I've never watched the TV program and thought every single thing about this is genius. And when I saw the Flash Show live, I just thought, hu- human beings can't be that funny for two hours and just not miss at all. And they just, they just never missed at all. It was that good. Jeez, the, first, knocked- the, the, the first season of the Flash Show is, is incredible television. Yeah, you, you've knocked it out of the park there. I can't believe I left their Father Ted. And I can't believe I left out Frasier, which is good for completely different reasons. Uh, let's oh, well, hang on, hang on. Can we say The Simpsons? Pretty good. Shit, we probably should say that, yeah. Bloody hell. Okay. Never mind The Simpsons. Still can't get into it. Honestly? Yeah, I've cried so many times and I just, it just, it just doesn't work for me. Okay. Start, you, start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. Don't bother you, with the you, you, you need to uh, you need to redeem yourself here urgently, young Brainy. So the 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 Sopranos. I nearly said giving it away. The two thousands. Uh, let's finish here because, like I said, this is when television gets ridiculous in terms of uh, some outrageously good shows. Uh, the permanent debates between the big ones are a constant uh, source of Twitter interest. But um, I'm going to let you start again, Brady. What did you go for for your 2000s? Well, for me, again, one I've, I've tried. I've, I've got to about halfway through the second season. Uh, I know that everybody's saying it's the greatest show ever. I just can't get into it. And that is The Sopranos. So for me, the one that I absolutely blew me away and I just couldn't get enough of and that was The Wire yeah gotta gotta agree with you there Um, that would be one of mine for sure and you're gonna leave it at those two anyway Um, Mad Men that is just phenomenal as well yeah Mad Men was was unreal here's a little little out of the out of left field shout for a show that I think is brilliant and massively underrated I don't know if you've ever seen have you seen The Shield? The Shield, yeah. I, I'm watching it again now. I love The Shield. Yeah. Vic, Vic Mackey is one of the best TV he's, characters he's ever. He's superb. Genuinely. He's one got of the, everyone around his little finger. I love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Um, and so I would say, yeah, I would say, I would say The Shield would be my left-wing shout. The Wire is just kind of untouchable. It's boring to say it. And I, I gotta say, I think the office had a tremendous impact on, on, on people and humor in general. So I kind of give that an honorable mention as well. Carl, finish it. Uh, two, I would go for the Sopranos. It is the greatest program ever made. I think it got better. Can't stick with it. Honestly, the fifth season is Shakespeare. It's absolutely incredible. Um, and I'd also go for, I don't particularly like him. Um, uh, but I'd say Phoenix Knights as well. Ah, yeah, that was a belter, wasn't it? Yeah. Again, gotcha. only, two, only only two series, not a weak moment in it. Yeah, there were two series of Vic and Bob uh, in the 90s, which were outrageously good. The Smell of Reeves the, and Mortimer. The, the, the smell was, that Smell was the best one. They, I, was, those, I always prefer that to that one. There were two series of The Smell of Reeves and Mortimer, and they were sort of sort of untouchable. They remain my comedy highlight, but I forgot about that. I, like, I like the smell of Deborah Winger's, Deborah Winger's fingers. I like the smell of Michael York's belly porks. <laughs> Fantastic. And so Can I on. give uh, two, two uh, shouts for the 2000s that people might be interested in? Do it. Uh, Band of Brothers. Oh, yeah, Belder. Yeah, I never saw that. Oh, it's amazing. It really is good. Really, really good. And the other one is, uh, it's on Netflix, this one, which I thoroughly recommend, is uh, Friday Night Lights. Oh, I love that. And I don't know why. It, right. It's just you just get drawn into it, and you 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 become a part of that that coach's family. You just wanting to do good for everyone. I don't know what he, why it is. You just wanting to succeed. He's he, he's he's a fantastic character. Very he's engaging. Really, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, and Mrs. Mrs. Coach. Uh, I can't think of Coach's name for some reason. No, it's been ages. Oh since God. But the 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 actress um is incredible. Uh, Connie Britton, Connie Britton. That's it. She, 
Yeah, I, I was I was quite obsessed with Connie, but uh, Coach Taylor, wasn't it? Coach, Coach Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, right. Okay. I think I think we should start moving out. So I'm going to finish. Seeing as we start with this topic, and we've gone on with it so long with one current recommendation for folks that they can go and look at now. Cam, you've kind of got the ball rolling on it there with that. So think about something current. I'm going to ask Carl to start. Uh, it's something that's available now to watch that you are distracting yourselves with. I haven't changed, to be honest. I'm stuck because I'm, I'm having a problem. I came about this last week. I'm having a problem with Netflix at the moment because my Wi-Fi is, is just weird at the moment, so it freezes all the time. Ah. Uh, I'm still watching lots of Parks and Rec just because it's tremendous. And um, and yeah. it's constantly on the box. It's fantastic. And, and it's, it's, it's three episodes a day, and I'm looking forward to the next one and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Watch it again. Love that. Uh, a, that's a great shout, Parks and Rec, for everybody. We've, we've, we've mentioned that before. I just watched Ozark. Uh, couldn't recommend it enough. And I'm watching season three of um, uh, Better Call Saul. And <laughs> episode nine was outrageous. So You're just taking the two I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, like, man. Like the scoundrel you are. Um, uh, if you want something football-related, Watch uh, Sunderland Till I Die. That's really? One, yeah. That's what's the yeah, yeah. My mind freezes what, on that. I'm only in the second episode. Yeah, what I'll say is um, I really became attached and I wanted them to do well. And then being the petty fucker. Just know. Yeah, the, no, just being, know. being the petty fucker I am, I suddenly remembered they voted Brexit. So I wanted yep. them to fucking go down. <laughs> so... But it was really good, and I watched both both series. I've just finished, um, and I think it's the last season now of uh, Homeland. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, certainly yeah, the first season eight. That is so uh, series eight, season eight. So I've just finished all ten episodes of that. I, d- I did that in two days. I see what you mean. You really do get into your Netflix. God love you. That's, that's oh no, the, the, the Homeland was on uh, E4. Okay. I don't think it's on. I don't think season eight's on Netflix yet. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think season. I don't think the last episode's out, but I've managed to watch it. And you've just reminded me of a topic that we will talk about next week. That's football related. That we can talk about. There's loads of mad people talking about transfers, which is mental because there might not even be money in a couple of months' time. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, just, I just, think just the entire notion of money anywhere. Yeah, yeah. The, the, but what I think we could talk about next week, which would be interesting, and I'd love to get your opinions on it, is the Newcastle ownership thing. That's interesting as hell. Uh, so we'll flag that one up as a topic for the next show, along with other nonsense. And we should start finishing it. Cam, I know you've nothing particularly you want to sign out with, so we'll leave you with your double recommendation, unless something's occurred to you. No, the only thing I would say is, folks, um, stay home, stay, stay safe. Uh, try and uh, make the most of this this time you've got to relax, refresh your minds, recuperate. Just you know, start your bodies all over again. You know, it's a good way of getting that recovery and try and use it wisely. Makes sense, Guru Commander. Fair play. Thanks for that, uh, Carl. Have you got anything uh, by way of quote or uh, shameless recommend- book, for example? Re- recommendations. I'll start with my own first, but not for the actual main reason. So uh, I, I'm the host of uh, Sherlock from uh, Adler to Amberley, where we look at individual Sherlock Holmes stories in order as they were published. And I've got a mate of mine on Paul Edwards, Eddie, who is, uh, as I said before, he's the um, director of primary care in the Wirral. And if, if you've no interest in Sherlock Holmes, the first 10 minutes is worth it just because you talk to what, what, what his job is and what the NHS is going through at the moment, which I thought that was fascinating. In fact, I got a bit annoyed that I had to go to talk, talking about Sherlock Holmes taking it back to 1891 for a second. Um, but uh, so that was really good. Um, but what I will say is, and I've, I've mentioned this before, and there's a bit of love in between me and Scott on this podcast, who's a man I don't know, but the latest episode of Rainbow Valley podcast is out. And it is about this one's about the theft. It's about the sixties in general, but this one tells the tale of the theft of the portrait of the Duke of Wellington in nineteen sixty-two, possibly sixty-three, which is a story I'd never heard of, and it's mental. It really, it was basically stolen by an old man because um, he, he was annoyed that um, old people had to pay their TV license, so he broke into the National Gallery, stole a um, a painting which was bought by by the government by for one hundred and forty thousand pounds. Um, and said that he wanted he would return it if the government started paying everyone uh, everyone over sixty got free TV licenses. 
and it's just nuts for going. And the, the, it was actually um, the, the painting itself appeared in the film Doctor No. Class. Doctor no it's on it's on the wall in Doctor No's. Um, so your mate John Rain, I'll know that probably. Yeah, I, w- I was going to plug John's show. Um, I've done it many times in the past, but uh, I think Smirch Pod's fantastic. The version. Smirch Pod, I might just do that. But honestly, but Ra- Rainbow Valley Podcast, the, the work he puts into it is just incredible. And I, I know I've mentioned it before, but it's just beautiful podcasting it's it's good it's good to mention shows that that might not necessarily have the biggest listenership because most of us are ambitious for the ones that we're doing and yeah there's like 60 people in the facebook group and it just matters to me because it's just so well done well there you go and and uh i, I i'm painfully aware that if i just started a conspiracy podcast tomorrow i'd have eight billion listeners uh or if we had some football to talk about uh, and we went to, went off and did that, but uh, the great stories is still very very small, and I hope it grows. And I hope people are uh, capable of of seeing the the worth of it. We're going to do a couple more for you now very soon, and next one's going to be uh, something a bit spookier because um, there was a request specifically for that type of thing from a few people after the Stephen oh, King. Have you, have you have you heard any good short stories this week, Fred? Well, you know that you mentioned it. Um, now that you mention it, um, I did hear one by a certain uh, lad uh, narrated in his own uh, self-declared scouse honey voice. Yeah, uh, it was it was bloody it's tremendous. Voice. It's, an, it's an event. It, it's it's uh, uh, yeah, it is it is. It, it, pe- people should be uh, buying tickets, but it's it, it that was tremendous, and I just wanted to wait until you were going to talk about that because I don't know what format that's going to come out in, my friend. Have you? I don't any- know. Um, my mate just wanted to hear me do a short story. To see if I can narrate or not, because I've narr- I've been narrating stuff, ripper stuff lately. And tell me, did you send it to your mate in that format that you sent it to me? Yeah. Along with all the oh for God's sakes. Oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Every every, t- every time I, I I narrate something for ripcast, it's always sorry Jonathan, fuck's sake, you fucking prick. You wrote I, this shit. Oh, it's me. Yeah yeah yeah. I, I, I the uh, the ad or the uncut versions of the great stories are just full of coughing <laughs> and. Yeah. V- just the worst kind of swearing. Slip uh, of tea occasionally. Sniffles, burps, more swearing, mostly at myself. And it's like, you prick! And it's back <laughs> again. You know, so anyway, that type of thing. Yeah, so I, I, I should say, by the way, I think I said Duffer said this last week, but I meant to. Uh, the Virginia Wolf one was really good. Because I yeah, love that story anyway, because it, it's, it's just it, a really strange story. It's outrageous writing. Outrageous writing. Um, let, why don't you... I'm going to suggest something to you now. Why don't you let me uh, cut that together for you uh, and and uh, ping it back to you in an edited form and maybe then we could think about releasing it some way, shape or form, because it's, it's a good story. You're fine, yeah. Before, yeah, all right. Done, I sent you two, I think, but I'm not sure one of them went because of the email because it's just too big. So you, you either got Coda or the prettiest girl in school. Oh, yeah, no, I've only got one. Okay, right. Well, then then then, then let, let's, let's fix that up afterwards. Okay. Right. All right. We shall get out of here, and we will talk to you uh, all very soon. Uh, apologies for the rambling nature of the show, and yet also no apologies whatsoever, because that's exactly where we are all at mentally at the moment. And I think that's about as accurate a picture as the of the mental state of uh, three gents as you're going to get at the moment. Hopefully it distracted you for the hour or so. Hopefully you will spread the word if it did so. And give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. I mean, there's a lot of you out there, and nobody really talks to us much. So uh, we know you're listening. Uh, um, but we, we don't really know what you're thinking. So if you feel like uh, hitting us up with a few suggestions, if they're critical, keep them to yourself because we're all prima donna divas, especially the other two lads. And Guy Drinkle's actually quietly prima donna in the background as well. He might get very upset. But on that note, we will finish up this episode of the Anfield Index podcast with me thanking you for your support. Like I said, asking you to spread the word, like I said. And reminding you that with Liberty Shield, you can access free UK TV from anywhere, including BBC iPlayer, Match of the Day, plus Sky Go and BT Sport for all the Reds, Premier League and Champions League live games, which may or may not ever happen again. I've been Trevor Downey until we speak to you again. Be kind to your fellow Reds. And like I always say, and it's never been more appropriate, stay safe out there.
Social Podcast Network.